A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The New Statesman. Hi, I'm Emily Tampkin, and you're listening to World Review from The New Statesman, a twice-weekly international news podcast. Every Thursday, we come together to unpack some of the most significant stories in world affairs. And every Monday, we interview a guest for their unique perspective and expertise. Today, I'm speaking to Raji Rajagopalan. Raji is the director of the Center for Security, Strategy, and Technology at the Observer Research Foundation in New Delhi. And today, we are going to be talking about how Russia's war in Ukraine has and has not changed India's positioning with respect to Russia and the United States. Raji, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Happy to be here as, on this particular conversation. So recently, Prime Minister Modi and Russian President Vladimir Putin were in Uzbekistan, and Modi made headlines by by doing what many took to be public criticism of Putin for the war in Ukraine. There were some who took this as a sign that India was breaking with Russia. Others in India, I noticed, Kanval Sibyl, former Yes. Indian ambassador to Russia said, no, this actually wasn't criticism. What, how did you, what did you make of that moment? No, I think India has been losing patience on Russia for quite some time now. And this did not start with Ukraine, but I think this has been building up for quite some time. But I think certainly this is for the first time there is an Indian public, uh, India publicly uh, called out on Russia for its invasion of Ukraine, a fellow member our nation within the United Nations. So in a sense, this has been the pub first public criticism from an Indian leader, certainly from Prime Minister Modi. And this has been, this has not gone down well for the Russians, even though Putin came out and said, we are doing our level best and it is Ukraine who's not coming to the negotiating table. But I think the fact that Prime Minister Modi publicly said that this is not an era of war and you got to look at peace, the negotiations, dialogue and so on and so forth, was literally a slap on his uh, on the face for Russia in a sense. And that India-Russia relationship has been on downward spiral for quite some time. Like I said, this is, did not start with Ukraine, but I think Ukraine and the current crisis at this point of time is reaching uh, a pinnacle. But I think this has been, this goes back to even last two years, for instance, has been going on over India's policy on the Indo-Pacific and so forth. But I think this has been building up. This has been going on for quite some time. All right, so let's back up a little bit. You said India's policy on the Indo-Pacific. Um, do you? Is it fair to say that 
both that India does not want to lose Russia to China, but also that their differing positions on China are a source of some tension in the India-Russia relationship. Absolutely. In fact, to Russia, China is the greatest friend, greatest strategic partner, especially this has become a serious relationship ever since the Crimea invasion in 2014. And since Mm -hmm. then, that relationship has been gaining a lot more strength, becoming a lot more strategic. But I think the 2022 invasion, of course, I think it is Russia is in need of friends. It feels isolated. It is it feels that it does not have too many friends and therefore has reached out to China a lot more. China, Russia is dependent on China a lot more than ever in the past. So uh, to Russia, um, China is the greatest friend. For India, China is the number one national security threat. In fact, the uh, late CDS General Rawat made it as categorical to say that China is number one national security threat. So there is a direct conflict of interest between the two sides. There are increasing strategic incongruences between India and Russia. And I think this has come out publicly in the open when Foreign Minister Lavrov tried to come out criticizing India's that India is being pushed to pushed by the US to take a relationship with the US and other Western countries and so on and so forth, or that India is adopting in Indo-Pacific strategy as a, a, by because of pressure, certain amount of pressure from the Western countries and so on and so forth. To which, in an uncharacteristic fashion, the ministry in the Indian Ministry of External Affairs came out and made a statement to say that. And typically, we don't do that. India does not right. respond to various statements that come out from various leaders around the world. But in this particular instance, because there were two instances, one in uh, the Raisina dialogue in 2020, when Foreign mm-hmm. Minister Lavrov made a statement to, again, uh, criticizing India's Indo-Pacific approach as well as India's growing relationship with the U.S., the Quad countries and so on. Similarly, again, in I think sometime at the Waldai Club, again, uh, Lavrov made a statement criticizing India's policy. So MEA came out with a statement to say that India has relationship with various countries. Each of them are based on its own merits. These are based on primarily India's national security interests. National interest is what is driving each of this relationship and that Russia should not be, should not criticize or comment on in, in the internal affairs of, of India. This was pretty strong mm. a statement that coming from the, the MEA, given that we don't, do not do that at all. Second, you also may recollect that the India-Russia annual summit was cancelled in 2020. Again, both sides came out saying that this was because of the COVID. But the fact is that India did hold several virtual summit level meetings with other leaders. So this was certainly a sense of the growing irritation between India and Russia. So India has been gaining India-Russia relations have been having certain amount of problems, certain number of problem, problems, primarily on the China front. And Russia re- fails to recognize the need for India to build up other relationships in a way that it can manage the China problem. So that's at the root mm. of the problem between India and India and Russia. And therefore, my sense is that India's Russia relationship, India's Russia policy will change in the slightly in the medium term, maybe not in the immediate time frame. What is it about this war? Because as you've said, these problems didn't start this past February. But what is it about this war that has exacerbated them such that Modi is now has now made a public Uh, a public criticism? Is it that it's gone so poorly that Russia is now more dependent on China? Is it that it's gone so poorly that India feels more comfortable maybe trying to take more of an upper hand in this relationship? Like, why is this what has brought all of this to the fore? So uh, a couple of different things. One is that I think just China, uh, India is extremely uncomfortable being put in this uh, tough position, having to now choose between the West 
uh, or the, its new security partners and Russia on the other side, in a sense. All of India's new security partners, especially the Quad countries, uh, France and other countries, have been uh, at the forefront criticizing the Russian invasion of Ukraine, taking the most number of actions, um, sanctions, uh, sanctioning the Russian entities and so on and so forth. So India stands out as an odd man in that even with the, whether it's within the Quad grouping or among all of its new security partners who are extremely important when it comes to managing China. So the new security partners, partnerships, India cannot take them lightly. And India is treading a very thin line in terms of balancing its relationship with, the, with Russia on the one hand and the new security partners. India is just not comfortable ha with the Russians putting India in the middle like this. So that's number one. Second, I think there are principles of territorial violation, territorial integrity of Ukraine, the sovereignty. All of these principles are extremely important when India looks at its own national security. Tomorrow, right. if China were to get on a full-fledged conflict with India and invasion of India, India's northeast, for instance, maybe Arunachal Pradesh, which China claims as southern Tibet. If that were to happen, what is India standing? What are India's options? How does how what is the Indian expectation of other countries? How should they behave? Should the Western countries come in support of India? Because I don't think India can expect Russia to be supporting in India if there if it is a conflict if it's a choice between India and China. Russia is always going to go with China. That's something I'm willing to give it in writing. So India expecting Russia to play any major role in a in a potential conflict with China is not something that India can take it for granted. That's not going to happen. But at the same time, if India expects other countries to play an important role in a future conflict with, with China, for instance, and these principles are going to come into play, territorial integrity, sovereignty, and so on and so forth, so if that is the case, India has to be very careful, very pragmatic in kind of building up the relationships, nurturing some of those relationships. So in that sense, India is in a very tough spot at this point of time, having and I, I, has done its best to see if Russia can be brought back to the negotiations, dialogue and so on and so forth with Ukraine. But India does not enjoy any leverage, any role or influence to change the Russian behavior. That's number one. And many other, the other point is that many in the Indian establishment community, generally strategic community, believe that we don't want the Russians and the Chinese coming together. And that is something that we can do. Again, India does not have mm. that leverage. India does not have any power over Russia to create a wedge between Russia and China. That's not something that India is going to be able to do that. So India has to accept its limitations and look at it in a very pragmatic fashion and see what is it that, what is the kind of foreign policy outlook that we need to have? What is the kind of, what are the national security threats, challenges that are coming about? If China is number one problem, who are those partners, security partners, strategic partners who are going to be on the Indian side? If Russia is not the it's not the player that's going to be on India's side, I think it, India needs to be very clear in setting a much clearer, louder message, even on the Ukraine Ukraine issue, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. There are still some, and I know because I spoke to them this past week, still some in Delhi and the sort of foreign policy establishment this. that you just referenced who still say, well, you have to understand if you look both at our history and just at, at current events, for us, Russia has been a more reliable security partner than the United States. I know you don't take that view. So I'm, I was hoping you could speak a bit about why, counter the prevailing wisdom, oh. you don't feel that Russia has been the more reliable security partner yeah. to India. Maybe Russia was somewhat of a reliable friend in the past. So it is a past tense. It's no more looking at Russia as a credible friend at this stage or going forward. Russia has walked out of India. 
Look at the last few instances, for instance, the Doklam crisis that happened between India and China at the trijunction between India, Bhutan and China. Russia was Russia took a neutral stand, did not side with India. Second, the Galvan crisis of 2020. Again, Russia has taken a neutral stand, has not supported India. So today, given the kind of overall conditions that Russia is boxed in, it feels that it needs a strong voice on its side and that strong voice comes from China, not from India. So Russia needs China and not so much the other way around. And Russia will do anything to do the China appeasement, even if it is coming at the cost of India relationship. Third, uh, one of the other instances is China took India to the United Nations Security Council on the Jammu and Kashmir issue. Who are those countries which stood, who stood with India? It is the United States and France, not Russia. Again, becoming a lot more clearer that Russia is not a reliable country. It was a strategic partner in the past, but it's no more the case. Again, even I think there is a certain amount of romanticization of its relationship with the um, with Russia, even in the past, because I think there have been several times when Russia has taken, Russia was not particularly happy with what India was doing, whether it is 1974 peaceful nuclear explosion or uh, the 1971 war. I think Russia, the Soviets tried to stop India even at that point of time. So there are, it's not like there is a continuous historical past that is that that, that was always in favor of, uh, in favor of India. But the fact is that people have got this imagination. I, uh, I wrote this article some where, uh, where I talk and uh, try and explain the Indian position. There is a certain amount of strategic sympathy for, originally started as the Soviets, sympathy for the Soviets, and now that continues as a strategic sympathy for Russia. This, of course, comes in the backdrop of India gaining independence after under being a British rule for two, uh, 200 years. And therefore, there's a lot of anti-colonialism sentiments within the country, anti-imperialist sentiments and so on and so forth, with the newly elected leadership in, uh, under Prime Minister Nehru, which, as the Cold War picked up, this translated to, this went on to become anti-US or anti-West in a sentiments in a sense, which also translated to pro-Soviet symp uh, sympathies, pro-Soviet sentiments in a sense. And that has continued even now, not just within the uh, general, the strategy community, including the former diplomats or even the current serving um, a foreign ministry establishment and so on and so forth, where you have the sentiments that there is a historical reason. They find historical logic to why Russia is doing what it is doing. And it's shocking to the extent they are defending Russia, even more the Russians, more that the Russians are doing in a sense to defend their own actions. So that's one reality. But at the same time, I have spoken to some of the other foreign policy, foreign establishment, foreign uh, MEA uh, folks at the Ministry of External Affairs, again, who feel that this is a relationship that is reaching its expiry date sooner than later. Mm. And if you, for instance, look at the kind of defense established, a defense trade that's going to happen, coming decade, I think Indian dependence on the Russian arms, arms and weapons platforms is significantly coming down. And I think that's a, because there is a growing recognition that there are material costs to what Russia is engaging with China, in a sense. The material cost being, for instance, they are supplying today China with much more advanced weapon platforms than what they have done with India, for instance, in the past. Whether it is the sale of advanced submarines or advanced fighter jets like the Su-35, all of this have important national security consequences for India. And therefore, I think there is a slow a grudging recognition that this is a relationship that is going to run its course now. It is going to run into problems. 
But certainly at this point, I do not see India changing its policy rapidly, mainly because India does not want to be seen as coming under Western pressure and changing its Russia policy. So certainly you can expect the India's Russia policy to change maybe in the medium term in a few years time, because like I said, the China factor is the main impediment that is going to be uh, destroying or creating major problems in this particular relationship between India and Russia. Wherever you are in the world, if you're interested in global affairs, you can subscribe to The New Statesman in digital, in print or both from as little as one pound a week. That's 12 weeks for just £12. That's one euro a week in Europe and just $2 a week in America. Just go to www.newstatesman.com slash podcast offer. From the New Statesman comes a new podcast, Audio Long Reads. The best of our reported features and essays, read aloud. Featuring writing from our authors, including... The historian Colin Kidd on Watergate's renewed relevance in a post-Trump era. Today's obsessions about a deep state took their rise in the 70s amid this climate of anxiety. Jeff Dyer's reflections on how to grow old in America. He was propped up in bed, proudly sporting a badge. Private medicine makes me sick. Maria Vilcek tells the story of how the hard men of Belarusian football took on Alexander Lukashenko. Hundreds of ultras were roughed up and held in custody. One was later found dead in suspicious circumstances. Ease into the weekend with our audio long reads, published every Saturday morning. Just search Audio Long Reads from the New Statesman wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. To what extent do you think India's choices right now are limited, not just by its longstanding relationship to Russia, not just by the China factor, but by 
its defense relationship with Russia and the fact that some 70 percent of its military equipment is still of Absolutely. Russian origin. Absolutely. The defense relationship, a defense trade that India has had with Russia for several decades is an important factor for it to continue its current position on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Given that 70 to 80 percent of the Indian defense inventory is Soviet or Russia, Russian in terms of their origin is significant, especially given that India is still an active conflict with China. So India does not want to take the chance of taking a stand against China, Russia at this point of time. And what if Russia were to hold back on repairs or maintenance of certain weapon platforms or the spare parts and so on and so forth. So India is particularly concerned that there could be repercussions because if India took a, a stand against Russia or called out Russia by name in the any of the uh, UNSC resolutions and so on and so forth, that there could be a backlash from Russia. But the fact is that Again, I don't necessarily agree with that point because Russia does not have far too many friends at this point of time. I don't think they can afford to lose India as a friend, quote unquote. So it has its own, Russia has its own interest in maintaining that relationship, even if India right. were to take a stand against Russia or call out Russia by name in, in, in the multilateral platforms. But I don't see India doing that immediately because primarily because India does not want to be seen as coming under the Western pressure. Second aspect, I think there's even a domestic political context to why India is maintaining the current position on Russia, whether it is the centrist party, leftist party, right, left, right, center, any of the political parties you look at it, there are certain amount of, there is certain amount of that, that same strategic sympathy that I talked about that is going to rest. And if India were to, if Prime Minister Modi were to take anti-Russia stand openly in, in a UN Security Council forum and places like that, there are going to be questions raised on Modi to asking whether India has forgotten about its long-standing old strategic friend, partners, and so on and so forth. And India certainly, Prime Minister Modi, I don't think the government is ready to answer those questions at this point of time. And therefore, again, one more reason as to why India is not taking that stand. Even among the larger public, for instance, you don't see much, much conversation. A few think tankers like us, we keep writing and talking about these issues. But it is this, Ukraine yeah. is not an issue. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is still not an issue among the larger public. How many newspaper opens do you see? How many TV commentaries or conversations happen on this this issue particularly? There, there have been humanitarian con uh, uh, disaster uh, breaking out there. Women and children being the worst affected. But at the same time, just imagine if this conflict was, it was the U.S. doing. The whole country would have gone up in arms saying that this is a new imperialist right. forces. So the Russian, the strategic sympathy for the Soviets slash Russia still continues, not just among the political class, but also across the country among the larger public. So that's another important reason the domestic political context as larger public opinion, in a sense, is not particularly in favor of uh, taking a strong stand on Russia. Most people do not recognize the nuances of these relationships, uh, whether it's India's growing closer partnership with the U.S. and the Quad countries, what is it really driving these relationships? And most public, most of the public opinion, if we were to take a look at it, I don't think they are particularly concerned about these things. And they don't certainly are not looking at these issues from a nuanced perspective. So again, explaining as to why India is resistant to taking a stronger stand in multilateral platforms like the U.N. Security Council. So I have just two last questions for you. The first is, on the one hand, we're seeing India maybe begin to inch away from in terms of rhetoric, in terms of positioning and posturing. But on the other hand, India is also buying, I think, something like 10 percent more of its crude oil now comes from Russia than it did at the start of the year. 
How do you square these two or reconcile these two things? Yeah, right from the beginning and right from the first UN Security Council vote that happened, India has been issuing those clarifications, explaining the explanation of the votes. And each of those subsequent ones, the explanations from the Indian Embassy, Indian Mission in New York have become a lot more critical. So we are becoming critical of the Russian action. We are calling for them to stop the violence against Ukraine and so on and so forth. But at the same time, I think it is going to be, and I think we are losing, beginning to lose patience. Like I said, Prime Minister's statement when he was talking to President Putin is one indicator that we are losing, uh, we are losing the, we are losing patience with them. The fact that Dr. Jayashankar, the India's external affairs minister, met with the Ukrainian prime minister in New York is another sign that things are changing and it is going to change sooner than later. But of course, we are buying extra oil from from Russia. And I think, again, Prime Minister Modi, as well as Dr. Jayashankar, external affairs minister, have come out saying that this issue should not be politicized and that this issue is simply to be looked at. We are getting access to clean, cheaper sources of oil, cheap sources of oil, and that should not be seen in any other way and so on and so forth. But again, something that I do not entirely agree with because at the end of the day, you are indirectly funding the Russian invasion of Ukraine by this, by supporting the Russian establishment. So that is my personal take. But the fact is that this is something that, sure, I think access to energy sources is important and gaining cheaper sources of oil is extremely important for India, which is an energy hungry country in a sense. Mm. There is some merit, but at the same time, how that action is contributing to the Russian coffin that is uh, that is invading uh, Ukraine. I think that is also some from a moral perspective. I think that's something which is important to, from my perspective. Finally, do you think it's fair to say that if indeed India does move away from Russia, that process will have been sped up by Russia's decision to invade Ukraine? I think so, because today Russia is, is not a strategic partner. It is a liability. There are a couple of things. One is India's, if you look at India's overall foreign policy goal, one is to maintain good relations with everybody. So in a sense, including with Russia, including with China in some sort of a normalization of ties with China. These are things that India is looking forward to maintaining in its foreign policy. But I think given that the China problem has become very significant over the last few years, last two years in particular, I think there have been several different changes that have come about. India's China policy has certainly undergone big changes. And I think despite the fact that the Ministry of External Affairs, as well as the military level talks have happened repeatedly between India and China, and that there is no progress on that front, I think we are heading in a very different direction when the, as far as the India-China trajectory is concerned. Which means that India needs its new partnerships. Those partnerships are going to be a lot more critical. India's relationship with the U.S., India's relationship with the Quad countries, India's relationship with other minilaterals are becoming extremely important in the context of dealing with the China problem. Because China problem is not going to go away. China is an insecure and insecure country that is in a hurry to be a great power polit- a great power in the immediate future so that's going to that's going to push china to undertake a lot more aggressive actions around the around its neighborhood and beyond in a sense so china factor is going to determine how the the nature of india russia relationship and on the china front there is no progress between india and china which means that India-Russia relationship are going to, uh, that particular relationship is going to run its course. 
And the, certainly the Ukraine crisis has sped up that process in a sense, making some sort of a break in that relationship sooner than later. Rajiv Rajagopalan of the Observer Research Foundation, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. This has been the World Review from the New Statesman. You can read all our international coverage on newstatesman.com slash international. If you have enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or even an enemy and rate us and leave us a nice review. Our producer has been Adrian Bradley. The team will be back on Thursday. And I am Emily Tampkin. Thanks for listening and until next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.